0: Welcome to the Marketing That Generates podcast hosted by yours truly, Lauren Powell. For over a decade, I've partnered with business owners around the globe to create and implement their digital marketing strategy. Working together with their teams, we generate more leads, more customers, and more revenue. I'm here to make your business growth simpler by making online marketing simpler. Every week, I'll be interviewing other business owners about the strategies that are keeping their marketing relevant in the long term, so they're not hammered by monthly algorithm adjustments. So are you ready to generate more leads, better leads, and more sales-ready leads online while making the most of your oh-so-valuable time? Then this is the podcast for you. Are you tired of being promised the magic pill that's going to solve all your online marketing challenges? Well, this podcast does not promise quick overnight fixes, nor a one-size-fits-all marketing formula. Instead, it will empower you to think differently and more strategically about your marketing so that you get better results. So whether you're a business owner, solopreneur, or an aspiring entrepreneur, listen in and subscribe for zero fluff and actionable takeaways. And for bonus resources, go to marketingthatgenerates.com. In our current podcast series, I interview the owners of four very different personal training businesses and we dive deep into their marketing. Today's episode is the first of that series and I interviewed Daniela Maldonado, owner of Boom Lab Fitness and Personal Plates Fitness. Daniela owns a local gym here in Denver, Colorado, where I live, and she has a personal training business on top of it. I was honestly blown away when Daniela shared more with me about the personal training certification process and how not all personal trainers are created equal. You can learn more about that by listening to this episode. And she shared some of her hard-earned marketing lessons from the past six years And this doesn't apply just to the personal training industry. There's lots of things that Daniela shares that you can apply to your own business. So listen in and don't forget to visit the show notes to get all the links for this episode. Daniela, I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here as well. Yeah. And so you've built this really incredible gym and personal training business, helping people improve their health and lose weight. So can you start by sharing just a little more about the problems you help your clients solve?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So essentially what I do is I work with a lot of different people, but what it all comes down to is when people reach out to me and we begin a working relationship, it really is that they're trying to gain better health and wellness, essentially. So a lot of times that has to do with either losing weight or getting to a healthier weight. Sometimes that actually means gaining weight. A lot of times they have come in because, you know, they're at that point where their doctors are saying, hey, you've got to do something. On the other hand, there's also just a lot of people who want to feel better in their own skin and gain more confidence in the way that they look and feel on a day-to-day basis. So at the end of the day, I really just help people gain a, a better you know, life at the, you know, but yeah, I just, I like
0: to help people gain a better life. Love that. And do you find that most of your clients already have some experience with personal training or you're often their first go?
1: A lot of times I am their first step into the fitness world. There are those instances in which people come to me and they just want to get better at the fitness that they've already learned or, say that they've already started a fitness journey working out at home, um, especially in these times when we had the pandemic and everybody was locked down at home, a lot of people started getting into at-home fitness, uh, whether they were following YouTube videos or little things that they were finding online, but they have found that, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know if my <laughs> form is correct. I don't know if I'm doing this right or something feels funky. I want to learn to do this correctly. So yeah, it really just, it depends, but more times than not, I am the first introduction to fitness that people take.
0: Yeah. And often by the way, like you can only learn so much from an online class that gets you part of the way, but you getting involved allows for a really personalized and custom approach. I would agree with that completely. So can you share with us a little more about what your personal training services and gym entail and and what makes them unique from your standpoint?
1: Absolutely. So when it comes to my personal training services and my gym, I like to say that I do kind of separate those two things. The gym itself is a really great place that we have built for people of all fitness levels to feel comfortable. And a lot of times I think that that's something that lacks in some of these bigger gyms is that you know, you, you find that there's a lot of niches almost, you know, you might go to a gym and you walk in and there's a ton of strength training individuals and they all are, you know, putting up a lot of weight and they're a little bit intimidating. And to somebody brand new that can feel, like I said, intimidating, or you go into these big box gyms that are packed with people and, you know, you're, you're Don't really know what you're doing. So you result to just going to the cardio section because you feel again, a little bit intimidated by the volume of people and traffic and the equipment being all taken up and waiting or asking people to use something is a little bit nerve wracking. So when we built Boom Lab Fitness, our intention was a couple of things. First off, we really wanted to build a community for all levels to feel very comfortable. And what that meant to us was a lower volume of people, having equipment that was pretty straightforward and easy to use, but also still challenging, um, and having stuff that everybody can use. So, when it comes to the gym, we really want to cater to the community that is coming in for personal trainers and also the personal trainers. There's not a lot of fitness centers in Denver that really open up their doors to space rental for personal trainers. And we really wanted to encourage the individual businesses. So we do not employ any of our trainers on site. They are all independent contractors who run their own businesses. They bring in their own clients. When we can, we will shuttle clients to them, but they are all individuals who have really worked on building their own businesses, including myself. Um, And that's why I say I kind of separate those two. So Yeah. When it comes to my personal training business, that is somewhere that um, I I like to nurture my clients. I like to bring them in, teach them things that they may not know, really emphasize form and, and structure, how they're able to change their nutrition plans, how they're able to make small changes in their lives to better get close to the goals and things like that. So, you know, I guess those two things are a little bit different. But they all are built to really help individuals reach their goals closer without feeling that sense of intimidation or fear.
0: I love that philosophy and... You know, you have this great tagline on your website for your gym that says you just found your new favorite gym. And I think it really encompasses what you just shared because, yeah, it it can be very intimidating to go somewhere where it looks like everyone knows what they're doing and you're just getting started or you're starting to use new machines. And I think feeling like making it feel very approachable allows someone to feel like, hey, I can keep coming back here, which I think we all know can be the hardest part about any new fitness program is, is sticking to it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that is exactly what you're saying is exactly what we try to do.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned a lot about, not a lot, but you mentioned form. And I'm curious, is that because of your unique background, athletic background, um, and something you see people kind of not know how to approach often because they've just been learning online or someone told them to do it this way? I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yes, definitely. Just to kind of give
1: you a little bit more background, I am a NASM certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist, but I also have a little bit of a unique background because a few years ago, there were actually in-person personal training schools. I attended the National Personal Training Institute of Colorado, and that I have found is somewhat of a rarity, not a lot of people have gone to in-person training school. There are a lot of coaches that became certified through NASM's online program only. Um, And I actually attended an eight-month-long program where from the very beginning of the day until the very end of the day, personal training was all that we did. So five days a week and then some weekends for extracurriculars, we would then the first half of the day, learning about the human body, learning about form, learning about, you know, all of the ins and outs of uh, fitness. And then for the second half of the day, we would actually be paired up with one of the other students and we would take turns doing an hour long session each and putting each other through these sessions as if we were a client. So for that eight months, I had, you know, very vigorous training. Um, Like I said, we would also have the opportunity to take some additional classes. So I was able to take a running your own fitness business course and things that I also feel like really got me to really think about where do I want to go with this, whereas many trainers are just taking the online courses, they're becoming certified, and then they're getting into a gym without really ever even having touched a real human being or having put them through a workout. So. I think that is a little bit different there and why I am so oriented on form. Um, My school really, really focused on here's why form is important and what it comes down to is preserving the body. We don't want to go into the gym and try to be doing something good for ourselves and in turn actually be doing something bad for ourselves or our clients more so. We don't want to have so little of an understanding truly of what, uh, how a human works, how we move and put somebody through something that could actually end up hurting them and making it so that they can't continue on with our training program. So yeah, that's kind of, I think something that, that the reason I am so heavy on form is just because I learned the value of it. So strongly when I was in school and then over the last six years, I have seen how people have worked with some other programs or trainers that maybe didn't pay attention to that as much. And now they're dealing with muscular imbalances, pain, back problems, knee problems is one that, you know, I know we hear about the most and I never want to leave somebody in a worse position than when they came to me. So
0: I find that just wild that <laughs> that you can start training without ever like practicing in person, to be oh. honest. I Like that would have never occurred to me because I'm not in the industry, but that's just so wild and such a great point of distinction for why work with Daniela instead of someone else. Well,
1: thank you. And yes, it is. It's actually the most common right now. So <laughs> it blows my mind too. I don't understand it fully, but you know there's always those programs out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you also have a background in gymnastics and dance where form is really emphasized as well. So I imagine that plus your P- your NASM training makes for a very strong, unique background and approach.
1: Definitely. I know that
0: growing up in
1: sports, I played softball, soccer, volleyball, um, and did taekwondo all growing up. And then As I was entering into high school, I decided to go a different direction and I started dancing. And I think that's something that really opened my eyes to all of that was that seeing how having an athletic background and seeing so many of my friends from a very young age start to have problems with, you know, different parts of their body because of not really knowing how to um, rehab things or not knowing how to recover properly, it opened my eyes to that. Then in high school, I actually took weight training classes from my sophomore year on, and I learned a ton in that that really deepened my passion for fitness that just carried on with me going forward for a long time. Um, you know, my kids absolutely get so annoyed with me sometimes because. She's a competitive athlete, and I'm always yelling at her to, hey, get that form right, squeeze your butt, squeeze your core. <laughs> and, you know, it drives her crazy because none of the other parents are really doing that. But I guess that's just life with a personal training mom.
0: <laughs> totally. She'll appreciate it later. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm sure one day, but
1: at the age of nine, I'm just annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's funny. So why did you start your business and what kind of inspired you to venture off on your own? Well, speaking of my daughter, honestly, she is at the core of everything that I've done in
1: this life since she came into my life. So I came from a background before this in sales, actually. So I was in apartment management. I was a leasing agent. So from all of that early time, I was just finding people homes, renting people homes. I then moved on to becoming an account executive for Dunbar Armored, which was outside sales and a very difficult market to be in. Um, So that pushed me back into the world of multifamily property management, which I then moved up to assistant manager and found that I was absolutely miserable. And being miserable at work translated into not being a very happy person at home My daughter was very young at the time. And I said to myself one day, you know what, if you do not make a change now, you are just not going to live the life that you want for her with her. And you're not going to be able to be a part of things as much as you'd like to be. And I'm just so in love with her that I knew I needed to do something. And I said, you know, what do I love the most? And it came down to that when I was going to the gym every morning before work, I felt so calm and peaceful and happy. And I was always being asked by other gym members, hey, you know, why are you doing that exercise? What's that for? Or, Hey, you know, can you teach me what you're doing? I love that. That looks really fun. And I got so much joy out of being able to show people what I was doing, explaining to them what I was learning and 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 showing them, hey, you could try this too, that one day I thought about it and I had the opportunity and I looked into it and I said, I think personal training is where I need to be in this life. So that day pretty much solidified things. I actually put in my two weeks notice and enrolled in school and I started back in 2015. Um, I graduated in 2016 and while I was in school, the, the constant thing on my mind was, do I really want to work for somebody again? Do I want somebody dictating when I need to be at work, how long I need to be at work, and all of that, and what I can and can't do with my clients? And the answer was no. I don't want somebody having to tell me where and when to be. I mean, th- this is going to sound so funny, but I remember sitting at my desk in my office wondering, what does Target look like at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday? That's so funny. (laughs) You know, it's something that it just stands out in my mind that I used to think weird thoughts like that. And I said to myself, you know what? Being an entrepreneur, being my own boss feels right in my soul. And so, like I said, I took one of those, or actually two of those um, extracurricular courses through my school. One was running your own fitness business, and then one was starting your own fitness business. And after speaking with a few of the speakers of that class and a few of the people teaching the course, it, it just was solidified for me. They actually had some people come in from a lifetime fitness and a 24-hour fitness to come and talk to our class about opportunities. And they were telling us all about you know, payment structure and how you move up in their company and how much money you could actually earn. And the hours that they wanted you to be there. And all I heard was, no, 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 no. This is not right for me. So I actually did something that many people don't do. And I decided fresh out the gates, I was going to start my own company. And that's exactly what I did. I found a gym that I could train out of. And I started soliciting myself to clients. And I just went for it. And yes, I did have the option to do that at the time, which not everybody has, but I just, I went for it. And I have never looked back since. And it has been the best decision of my entire life. Wow.
0: I'm just so blown away. First of all, I was getting a little teary when you were talking about your daughter (laughs) and how intentional you were with, you know, I want my work to support the kind of life I want to live rather than the other way around. And I know. I just think it's really beautiful that you were able to make that happen. And how, to be honest, how strategic you were with, okay, here's where I feel at peace most. Okay, let me start pursuing the career in that industry. And then even while you're in school, thinking about what do I want my career to look like in this industry, rather than just going the tried and true path, which is maybe, quote unquote, easier, but would have just put you back in that same position you were in previously.
1: Yeah, it was definitely um, difficult at times, but I just knew that if I wanted different, I needed to think different. That's a powerful
0: quote right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, I also tell people that I'm
0: absolutely insane. And so sometimes you have to lose your mind to get what you want. So <laughs> I think that applies to most business owners I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have to be willing to. dream a little bit and also be willing to sink or swim. You know, I, when I hear you say, yeah, I I just started right away. I think, wow, that's really freaking brave. You know, not everyone can or, or will do that. I just think it's super impressive. And, you know, I think the beginning can be so hard, but now that you're six plus years in, it's really nice to like see all the fruits of your labor and feel like, wow, that really paid off. Thank you so
1: much. That really means a lot to me because, you know, when you're in the moment, I don't think you even really see it. And then later on, you're like, wow, wow, I really did
0: that. Totally. And let me ask, do you now know what the inside of a target looks like on Wednesday at 2pm? I sure do. I know all about that. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so funny. Um, So maybe let's chat a little bit about your marketing and maybe just a little bit about you know, after doing this for six years, what's, what's working for you. And maybe, you know, part of the reason I do this podcast is because I find that many businesses don't realize there's so many ways to market your business and looking to other industries and hearing from other business owners can be a really great way to spark an idea or think about how to adapt it for your own business. And I just really value you sharing, you know, some of, some of what's worked for you and maybe some learning lessons along the way. Because what, what starts, what happens in the beginning is often not what happens, you know, three or six years down the road. Oh, I
1: would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. And when I started, you know, looking into when you asked me to be a guest on this podcast, I was very excited for the question because I think, I have tried a lot of different things in this industry, and over six years, like you're saying, you try a lot of things that fail, and you try a lot of things that actually work, and when I have mentored people in the past, it's always been, hey, let me help you not to make the same mistakes that I did. Let me save you a little bit of that headache, and honestly, sometimes heartache, and let me kind of give you some insight into what I've tried, what has not worked, and what has worked. So I was so excited that that was one of the topics of what we would be talking about today. Because man, if there, if I had been able to find more information on that when I was first starting out, I think that would have helped me a ton too. So with that being said, in the beginning, I think I was doing the thing that was a little bit desperate. Hey, I'm brand new. Let me make a name for myself. Let me try this and that and the other. And let me put together these shiny packages that, you know, you may not really need, but I'm going to make it seem like you really want it. Or, hey, let me blast myself all over social media and accept every single friend request that comes in through Facebook. And, you know, really, really just, hey, hi, I'm in your face. And That didn't always work because you end up getting a lot of attention that you may not necessarily want. You get a lot of people who want your services for free because you're a newbie. You get a lot of just weird stuff happening, honestly. And in the beginning, because I was so new to it, I was not strategic. And I did not take that time to say, hey, let me really put together a powerful post and see how that does. Let me see which platforms may be working for me and which may not be. And I just kind of did everything. And, and that was time consuming. It was stressful. It was not very fun. I constantly was second guessing myself. And, you know, then you get a little bit of success somewhere and it'd be like, ooh, and then that would die down. And so there was a point in time where I really had to take a step back and say, let's see, what can we do here? And one big thing was finding where people were finding you and then nurturing that. So for me, like I said, being on Facebook was not a helpful marketing tool at all, whereas some businesses thrive on Facebook. For me, I was finding that it was just a lot of those people who, again, wanted my services for free or... Didn't really want my services at all, even though they were showing, you know, likes and comments and things It wasn't turning into anything. However, then I started really nurturing my Instagram and posting about my clients, posting about my client's success, you know, showing my workouts and what I was doing. And then I started getting calls. I started getting messages. Hey, Daniela, how much do you charge for individual sessions? Hey, Daniela, you know, I'm dealing with this problem. Would you suggest that I Start with a personal trainer or is there something I can be doing on my own at home? And so I think through that, I was able to really dial into, oh, okay, this is working. This is what I should nurture. And then, you know, even like door-to-door mailers, I've spent a ton of money on that. I've spent a ton of money on swag and things that had my company name on it to really not see much of a return on investment on those products. And I think what I've found is that We're living in a very digital age um, where most people are taking to their favorite platforms to find what they are looking for. And that when we do those door-to-door mailers in the fitness industry, that's just not bringing people in. A lot of times they take one glance at it and throw it away. And every time they do that, you know, you spent 25 cents a piece or even 10 cents a piece on a flyer, that's a dime you're throwing in the trash every time. And so I really have found that for me and my business, You have to dial in on what actually is working. In Instagram, I know that they have a lot of different options now by way of reels and promotions and even promoting your story and all of that. And I've tried multiple different avenues of that. And I've seen, hey, this one's working really well. And I've zeroed in on that. Whereas when I very first started my company and started this career, I wasn't paying attention to insights or stats or when people are logging in and actually looking at my content and things like that. And I wasn't marketing towards any certain person. Whereas now I see, okay, well, a lot of times my clientele kind of falls in this demographic and range. And so maybe I should market more towards that demographic and range because these are the people who are showing that return on investment.
0: I love everything you said. So there's a couple of things I just want to highlight. So you mentioned Facebook wasn't the right channel for you and you were getting likes and comments, but that didn't result in, you know, adding to your bottom line. And I think that's a really important lesson for anyone listening, because sometimes it's so easy to focus on those vanity metrics and not really say, Hey, is this really generating me clients? Or is it just a huge time suck that I think I need to be doing, but really like, isn't very effective marketing? Well,
1: and if I could add to what you're saying too. I think that a lot of times people log into these platforms who are maybe not in business, but they're more so on the consumer side. And they say, oh, wow, this person has this many followers. They must be successful. Oh, wow, this person is getting this many likes and and comments. They must be successful. But at the end of the day, the following, the likes and the comments are not truly a measure of success, but actually getting the clientele in the door is the success measurement
0: absolutely and you have a really unique well not really unique but a, a, a an interesting challenge in which is let me have this digital presence but I also need to see foot traffic or I need to see you know um, signups for my services and so while you could have really broad reach online for example globally what really matters is <laughs> do I have local traffic that's willing to come in my door and so I think it's it's in some ways, fabulous, because the world is your oyster. And in other ways, it's like, okay, but I really need to hone in on this specific demographic in this specific location. And so I could see why, for example, a mailer feels like the right thing to do, but it's, it maybe isn't, you know, at the end of the day. And it's interesting, because you wouldn't learn all of that without doing those series of experiments, right? Absolutely. And you know, that's the thing
1: too, is in the personal training industry, it is, as much as I hate to say this, it is an oversaturated market. There are because of the the fact that you can become a personal trainer and become certified and insured and everything simply from doing an online course that does really make it so that really anybody can do it who decides, Hey, I think I want to do this, you know, and then you've also got a lot of those people who, because social media makes it so easy, they create accounts that are kind of misleading that where they may not even be certified, but they're throwing out fitness advice and things. And you have to find a way to make your presence known that, hey, I actually do this for a living and I have tried all these different things and here I am in front of you. And that can be really difficult to do. You know, there's a lot of oversaturated markets right now because there's a lot of people in this world (laughs) and you have to be able to find that thing that works for you. Maybe there are trainers out there who the mailers do work for them. I would ask them, what is your demographic? What is your niche? If you are maybe catering to, let's say, the slightly older community who doesn't really enjoy going online to find their things, like, you know, my mom is uh, 62 now, and she would much prefer to have something sent to her in the mail that she can put on her fridge call them on the telephone and talk to them. She doesn't want to go and find a trainer that's online. And that's something that trainers need to find is, hey, where is my demographic? And what is that demographic looking for when they, or where are they choosing to look when they are looking for something, you know? So, I don't want to say even that, hey, you know, do exactly what I did. I want to tell people you need to zero in on what your demographic really looks like and where they're going for that source of information.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a really important point. And to that end, possibly considering, hey, I'm not a personal trainer for everyone, I'm a personal trainer for this specific type of problem or this specific location or this specific whatever can help you at least start to narrow in on something and get some traction. While you may still serve everyone in the back end, but it at least helps people uh, raise their hand and say, yes, I fit in this bucket and I'm interested in the next step. I think that's a huge thing. Exactly. So, you know, you also talk about nurturing people, which I think is so important. Sometimes it's really easy to say, hey, I need new customers, new leads all the time, but we forget that people take time to make a decision, to make a buying decision, to decide to pull the trigger and actually hire a personal trainer. And so I love that you emphasize that piece as well because not everyone buys right away. And sometimes I think as business owners, it's easy to say, hey, I got in front of so many people, how come no one bought right away? And it's like, no, they just need more time and more information. So please give that to them. Um, And I think you do such a great job of that on your Instagram account specifically. It's really well done. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean... That's, I think, uh, another really big thing is that there's going to be a lot of times in the personal training industry that somebody may follow you and they may be just trying to watch, trying to decide when is the right time for me. And in this industry, it's incredibly important that somebody is really ready. They, They really need to be in the right place to take on something like this. And I would like to even say, especially when they're seeking out that service from an independent personal trainer, because at the end of the day, our clients are our livelihood. If we don't have people who are truly, truly committed and maybe flake off after the first month or so because they weren't in the right mindset or place in their life, then that in turn hurts and affects our business and. It hurts and affects our ability to pay our bills and eat and live, you know? So when you have somebody who is showing some interest, but they're maybe not there all the way, that really is a time that you just should let them know, hey, you know what? If they reach out to you, they want a little bit of information, but maybe they don't follow through with the phone call. Maybe they don't follow through with the follow-up message. It's probably because they're just not there yet. And pushing them to be in a place that they're not in yet is just going to hurt you in the end because then you're going to clear a space in your schedule, invest your heart and your time into them, and they may not have invested their heart and time into their own journey yet. So making sure people understand that, hey, you know, I'm here if you want the information. In the meantime, if you'd like to just kind of watch what I'm doing and my clients are doing until you're ready to make that choice. That is completely fine and acceptable. And yes, you may have given them all the information. You may have followed up with them, commented on their posts and things like that, made them know that you're there, but they still may take a while to get back to you. I had one girl who reached out to me in February of 2020. We were supposed to chat. She kind of ghosted me, but then it came November of 2021. (laughs) And she reached back out and said, hey, I wasn't in the right spot yet, but I feel very good about moving forward with this. If you have time to train me, if you could get me in on your schedule, I would love to do that. I have been watching you over the last couple of years. I feel like I'm really ready to actually absorb what you can offer me. And from that point on, we were able to really build an awesome plan on how to move her towards the success that she was looking for. But it took her that time between our first interaction and our, our recent interactions to really get to that place financially, emotionally, mentally, um, and even physically, you know, she had been going through some things, uh, with some pain issues and things like that. And she needed to be on that right playing field for me to be able to properly help her.
0: And that's okay. I think, gosh, you're dropping so many like golden nuggets here. I think, It's so valuable and such an important lesson that not all clients are created equal, at least in terms of their lifetime value with you. And it's expensive in terms of both time and money to acquire a new client. So if you're acquiring a client for one month versus a client for 12 months, one of those is is ultimately more valuable for the business. And so allowing someone the time and space to uh, get in the right place before they become a customer while still staying in front of them, I think is very important. And what a, you know, probably so reinforcing to hear, hey, I've been watching and following you from February 2020 yeah. <laughs> to November 2021. And you're like, yes, I'm doing something right, because yeah. like I stayed top of mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's just how people process, you know, they they need some time, like you were saying, they all need time. And it it's just based on the individual what that actually looks like.
0: Yeah. And I think Anything in the health and wellness space especially is so personal, you know, and, and and even more so thinking about time and space there because you need the commitment from the client in order to show up for themselves and continue to show up for themselves.
1: I could not agree with that anymore. I mean, that's, yes, that's an amazing statement right there. And they do, they need to show up for themselves because when a trainer is more invested in the client than the client is invested in the client it's just bound to, to crash and burn, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and you're, and you're asking them likely, I assume, uh, you would be able to tell me better, but to make some significant changes in their life, whether it's from a nutrition standpoint or a physical activity standpoint. Oh,
1: completely. Even people who feel like they're in pretty good health oftentimes still need to really internalize and say, okay. What brought me to this point of reaching out for professional help? There's obviously something going on. And
0: and that realism with themselves is huge. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that when you were at that job that maybe you were pretty burnt out on and, and didn't like so much, you were still showing up in the gym every morning. And I thought, wow, that's commitment. Like most, <laughs> most people when they're in a dark place aren't showing up at the gym every morning, you know? Yeah. And so. You have to be ready, even when you don't feel like it, when you're working with a trainer to show up. And so I just think your, I guess, points about making sure the client is in the right headspace to actually start and commit is really important. Absolutely.
1: And I, I will just add that I think that that goes into even more industries than just personal training. Because again, when somebody you know isn't really 100% sure about using your services, it's just not a strong relationship in that situation. You know, I mean, you wouldn't want to be in a marriage where one person wasn't 100% sure they wanted to be in it. Just like with personal training or many other industries, if somebody's not 100%, then don't invest your time. It's not worth it for either party.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see the same thing in my marketing agency is It's not an easy journey. And so I need someone who understands that and says like, I'm committed through the ups and the downs because marketing doesn't happen overnight. And it is a series of experiments. So I agree with you. It isn't just personal training. And I think it's a really good lesson for anyone listening to this podcast, no matter what industry you're in.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more.
0: So Daniela, if you had to give one piece of advice to another business owner who's working on their marketing and growing their business what might that be? Oh, one piece only, huh?
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I, you know, you had touched upon it before and I think that it's that people need to realize that, you know, I'm just going to be specific to Denver just for the sake of it now, because that's where we are is that, you know, in Denver alone, there are almost 3 million people living in the metro area And that's a lot of people. And there's a lot of businesses out there that think they need to get every single piece of business that could potentially be out there. And like you have said previously, we need to come to the realization that we don't have to be for everybody. You know, there's the saying, you don't have to be everyone's cup of tea. Quite frankly, you don't. And you shouldn't want to be. You should want to be a specific you know, type of tea that not everybody is looking for because you are unique as a business. And if everybody wanted to work with you, oh my gosh, you'd be so overwhelmed. There is enough to go around and people will find you because of the connection that they draw to you. And I think that there's something really beautiful to be said about that, that hey, these people have seeked you out because something about what you preach or what you practice or both has spoken to their heart or their soul in some type of a way that made them feel like this is the one for me. And if somebody else decides to go with someone who is not you, then that just means that they made a stronger connection with that person. And especially in the personal training industry, You want people to feel a 100% about their decision and to do what's best for them because them doing what's best for them is also going to be what's best for you because of everything that we have just talked about a second ago. So I think that coming to that realization that, hey, I don't have to close every single person who inquires with me is a huge, huge learning lesson and something that I really had to wrap my mind around just in the past few years, you know, I used to want to be that trainer who closed every single sale I because I came from a sales background. I came from a background in which I was in front of people every day saying, so are we doing this thing? Are we putting money down or are we going to sign this contract to move forward? And I was taught to sell, sell, sell as well as close, close, close. And when it comes to a personal industry like this, you don't need to do that. You need to close the people that feel right to you. And when somebody decides, Hey, you know, I've decided to go a different direction and that's the right decision for them. You need to allow that to resonate with you in a peaceful way because that's just what they needed to do for them. And there's enough business to go around. There really is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You certainly couldn't serve all three million people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, I mean,
1: even if a small fraction of that number all came to you, you know, you'd still be extremely overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, then you can't serve the people who
0: are coming to you. And then it just crashes and burns. Yeah, that's beautiful advice. I think it's um, something, if you're listening, you should take to heart and just think about, you know what, I'll serve the right people and the right people will say yes to me. Exactly. Yes. I mean, that's a huge thing. So, Daniela, where can our listeners go to learn more about your business and your services? So,
1: I love Instagram. I think it's a great platform. And so I always love for people to find me on Instagram. You can find me at Daniela Rose Fitness. Um, that's Daniela with two L's, Rose Fitness. Um, you can also follow my personal training page, which is Platinum Plates Fitness. Um, And you can search my website if you'd like to set up a consultation with me straight through my online system.
0: And that's www.platinumplacefitness.com. Wonderful. I have included all of those links in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And thank you so much, Daniela, for your time and sharing all your hard-earned lessons today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Heck yeah. You just finished another episode of the Marketing That Generates podcast. I hope you found a few takeaways that you can put into action right away. If you want more on today's episode, head over to marketingthatgenerates.com for show notes, links, bonus resources, and related episodes. Plus, if you're looking to connect with other amazing business owners just like you, be sure to join my free community. You can get access at marketingthatgenerates.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you back here next week.